Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I wouldn't even be breathing or even being able to sing a song if that man didn't exist. Period. What's good? It's another episode of DX Daily, the podcast where we keep you up to date on everything that happens in hip-hop music culture. It's brought to you by the good people at Hip Hop DX, and I am one of your lovely hosts, Asia Sky. And I'm your other host, A-Dub. It's Tuesday, and Beyonce shook us up again. She has dropped her brand new single called Break My Soul, so we got to talk about that. Also, Pharrell's Something in the Water Festival has been receiving criticism for some of the safety conditions that went on this past weekend. We got to talk about her as well. She has filed a lawsuit to be released from her music label, and Chris Brown is responding to claims that he is a better artist than Michael Jackson. Ooh, lots to talk about. All right, before we do, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Please make sure you are following us, rating us on all platforms, wherever you can listen to us at. Thank you. Now let's get to it. All right, let's begin with Beyonce, the queen. She's mid-rollout right now. She's got everybody talking. We know her album is coming on the 29th, but now she has dropped a new single off on us, and it's called Break My Soul. Yep, the Break My Soul is, uh, I guess, considered the first single from her forthcoming album, which she talked about last week, that Renaissance album. And it is co-produced by Tricky Stewart, who also she teamed up with for Single Ladies. And also The Dream was on the record as well. And um, of course, well, I guess not to no surprise, but it does give that house disco feel, kind of how Drake's album did as well. Not saying, you know, this is planned or whatever, but Beyonce's latest single does have that house feel. And I guess people are already kind of used to it thanks to Drake's album. So people were like, okay, we kind of like this from Beyonce. So I guess it's a house season this summer. Yeah, and Big Frida is on the record, who is obviously very popular within that realm. Jay-Z has writing credits on the record. And then you have Adam Piggott on the record or Pigott on the record. And, you know, he's worked with Drake, Quavo, Megan Thee Stallion, and many other people. Freddie Ross, like a lot of dope personnel on this record. And, yes, it's just a feel-good song. Like, it's talking about working that nine to five and just the feelings that you get from there. She's encouraging you to quit your job if it's a toxic environment that's making you feel that way. It's just a feel good, empowering, we're not going to take it type of song. Um, Good single leading up to the album, I think, because right now, like we said before, people want that upbeat, feel good music. They don't want to be sad. Nobody wants to be crying right now. We want that that music that's going to make you feel good. It's going to make you move your body. And that's what this is. I feel like these the Drakes and the Beyonce's, they're giving us fashion show music right now. Like they're giving you music to dance in, in the club in Paris too. That's the type of vibes that they're coming with right now. So I enjoyed Break My Soul. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was, you know, it's upbeat. It's vibey. Um, she sounds good on it. The lyrics are good. She has like a little bit of... I forgot what she said, but she was like, we're outside, no mask, we outside. Like she's on her uh, summer flow or summer type of energy. So I did like this uh, single from Beyonce. Yeah, and she did drop the lyric video for it on YouTube early, and she also dropped it on Tidal early. So I love how she's she's keeping people guessing with this. Like she said it was coming out at 12, and then around like 9-ish, I think, 
it leaked, or a little earlier than nine, it leaked, and then the YouTube, no, and then the title exclusive dropped, and then the YouTube lyric video dropped. So it's just like, yeah, I said it was coming out at 12, but hey, now I'm just going to go ahead and put it out early. Y'all, y'all fraternize amongst yourselves, and y'all be shocked amongst yourselves <laughs> with what's going on here. I love it. I love the energy of this rollout. And um, I hope she continues to put out new singles before the album. Like, even though it's just around the corner, put out another song. Why not put out two more? Put out a, view, a music video since you're doing this non-surprise thing right now. Or it's funny because the rollout, the album itself is not a surprise, but she's still finding a way to keep people surprised throughout the rollout. So it's like a non-surprise surprise rollout, if that makes sense. <laughs> Right. I, it does make sense. I'm just kind of happy that Beyonce is back. I'm not really a, a, a Beyonce stan like that, but I find it deep in my soul that I'm like, I can't wait for this album. I can't wait for a new single. I can't wait for another Beyonce surprise. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to admit that Beyonce has a chokehold on me right now because it's been so long. Like, I'm with this. Yeah. And one thing I'm just over here pondering over is like, is this going to be the vibe of the entire album similar to how Drake's was? Mm. Or is this just the first thing to get people going and then she's going to give us a super R&B vibe or is she going to give us a super um, woke protesty vibe like in past stuff or is she going to give us a lemonade type of vibe like uh, we ain't taking your mess vibe like I just wonder because like we said she's not doing the whole surprise thing this time around but we really still don't know exactly what all is happening yet we just got to be prepared for anything right now stay on your toes you gotta stay on a, we gotta stay on our toes with this Beyonce album that's what I'm gonna say right exactly. we don't know what's coming all right, well, now let's talk about Pharrell's Something in the Water Festival. That went down this past weekend, and apparently he is getting some criticism for safety concerns that went on during the festival. Um, one person, a Tampa Bay native named Katera Shackelford, said that the difference between this festival and other festivals is that it's unsafe. It's so overcrowded, you can't get through the crowds. People are pushing through the crowds because they're mad that they can't get through. It's just very narrow passageways. She also went on to say that the staff were untrained. Um, she said, as somebody who goes to festivals, you expect there to be safety protocols in place. And it was clear and obvious that there were none. And the staff was untrained. She said she witnessed multiple people passing out during sets due to heat exhaustion and dehydration. And she said the medical response was not quick enough. So this is just one of the festival attendees' um, observances to what she claims she saw at the festival. Yeah, and I saw a couple of people like on TikTok, you know, how they do like um, weekend recaps or like they give the reviews about certain things that they do. And I saw a couple of TikToks where people were in D.C. for the Something in the Water Fest and they were like talking about some of the conditions and some being like, we're not even going on the last day because it's been just a mess. We're going to do our own thing and things like that. So I was kind of surprised that, a lot of people were kind of giving some negative feedback about the whole thing and saying it was unorganized or not safe and too crowded and things like that. So um, you would think by now, you know, people would be up on that type of thing when it comes to festivals, you know, not considering, I mean, considering what happened to Astro World and other things like that. Everybody's always checking to see who passed out and making sure everybody good. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see that this kind of went left for a couple of people, but... Also, according to USA Today, 25,000 people were jammed onto one street. And they said that there was like three different festival stages on one street. 
calling it a logistical nightmare. Q-Tip and SZA, who were supposed to be be performing around that same time, I guess, they wound up bailing out last minute for some reason. And then they also said that there were, like, changes with the set times, and I guess they didn't notify people of the changes with the set times or they didn't, like, adequately notify people. So that was the thing people were criticizing as well. And honestly, all of these critiques sound valid. Like you want there to be enough space for the amount of people that you're going to have. You want there to be staff that is actually trained and know what they're doing. You want all of that. I just want us to keep in mind, though, this is what the second year of something in the water or I don't. Yeah, maybe second or third year of something in the water. I don't know. This festival is in its very early stages, though. And while I feel there should be a focus on safety protocols should be a focus on security and medical responses I just I don't know I kind of find it interesting that this is what I have seen get kind of the most press about the festival so far like Pharrell gave free tickets to this festival to graduating college I mean graduating high school seniors that did get press but it's like he did that he brought some of the biggest artists in the world to the city. He reunited the clips. He got Malice to rap mm-hmm. clips lyrics. No Malice. No Malice now and all of his gospelness to rap clip li- clips lyrics. So you reunite the clips. You give uh, graduating seniors free tickets. You pay off people's student debt. Not mm-hmm. $10,000 of the debt like Joe Biden is trying to do with some of us or all of us. But you, you pay off students' entire college loans and people are like, oh, yeah, the, the festival wasn't safe. The festival wasn't safe. I didn't hear of any hospitalizations um, within these articles. I didn't hear of anybody dying. And that's not to say it has to get that severe for people to care. I just feel like, all right, you can bring up these safety concerns to the proper personnel at the festival or to um, festival heads, Pharrell, whoever. Like, yeah, hold it accountable. But also, like, I just uh, I find it interesting that that's what we highlight. Versus like, oh, yeah, a, a producer put on his own festival second year in a row, had this many attendees, paid off this many people's student debts, let this many people in free, reunited uh, these groups for classic hip hop moments. Like it's just the, the focus that we put on things. And I don't want to make it sound like it's it's not severe or we shouldn't worry about the safety concerns because we should. But it's just like, all right, raise those safety concerns to the festival like why is this what we're focusing on about the festival? You know, not like at, not like it was Astro World where people had legitimately lost their lives. But yeah, that's just my two cents on it. I'm like, dang, on Juneteenth week at that, y'all gotta y'all gotta down this man's Pharrell fe- for this y'all gotta down this man Pharrell's festival. Mm, checking my head. Let's be positive. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, when you break it down like that and all the accolades that Pharrell was doing with this fest, it is impressive. So I hope. I hope he gets more credit in the next couple of days about the festival instead of so much negative look on it. Right. Yeah. And if you're going to raise your concerns, just raise, raise the pot. Make sure you mention the positives too. Like let's not, let's just not say, Oh yeah, man, that's that festival's wow. We almost died out there. Y'all, mm-hmm. y'all. I, I saw a lot of people that uh, on my social media that were there personally looking like they were having a grand old time as well. So uh, we, I just want to add some balance to it. Add some balance to both sides. But yeah, 
that was something in the water. Now let's talk about her because she has filed a lawsuit to be released from her label, MBK Entertainment. She wants out of the deal that she signed in 2011 when she was just 14 years old. So, yeah, she she's trying to get gone. She filed with the Superior Court of California in Los Angeles County. And what she cited was the California Labor Code's seven-year rule, meaning that contracts made in the state of California can only last a maximum of seven years. Now, her and her legal team are looking for the courts to terminate her deal with MBK Entertainment after signing back in 2011. And she argues that the contract cannot extend beyond 2019. So basically, they're still trying to keep her locked in this, even though they are actively breaking the seven-year rule that's in place in California. Right. And then she goes on to say that um, that the MBK Entertainment label, which is also owned by her manager and Alicia Keys' former manager, Jeff Robinson, she was saying that that has significantly limited her employment rights. And also, they've exploited her at different times of her career. So, um, yeah, it's pretty big. You want to get out of that deal as you know, as soon as possible. And then it says, according to legal docs, her is also seeking restitution and disgorgement of funds, according to proof for costs of suit incurred herein and for such other and further relief as the court deems just and proper. So a um, couple legal terms right there, but basically her is dealing with this lawsuit so she can get out of this, this old management, probably get some new management, better management. Yeah. And what they mean by restitution and disgorgement of funds is she wants her money back. That bread that she lost as a result of all of this happening, she -hmm. wants that back. She wants them to pay restitution, meaning run her her coins, all right? Free her, man. Like I said, it's Juneteenth week. Free her. That's all I got to say on that one. Period. (laughs) Now, lastly, let's talk about Chris Brown real quick. So there's been this huge debate going around about whether or not Chris Brown is more talented than Michael Jackson. Why this is a debate, I don't know. (laughs) But (laughs) according to Ryan Clark from the Pivot podcast, uh, he believes that Chris Brown is more talented than Michael Jackson. And then you had other popular podcasters like Joe Budden and people of that nature kind of chiming in. Some people echoing the same sentiments. Other people are like, yo, get out of here. But this has really just been a huge debate this past week or so for some reason. I mean, even at our job in radio, we discussed it for a a little while, Chris Brown versus Michael Jackson. And Chris Brown has finally heard the chatter and he has responded with his thoughts on it. I mean, I stayed the hell up out of it. You know, I don't keep it a hundred. Like, I kind of back off it. Like, my personal take on it is like, I wouldn't even be breathing or even being able to sing a song if that man didn't exist. Period. um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they look at it as the Jordan Kobe thing, but I don't. I can't even look at it. He's light years away. Like you, you get what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. it, it, there is no competing with him. You is know it, what I'm is saying? It's crazy. No, hell no. I got shrines and <laughs> shit in here of this man hanging up in my house. Hell no. I is it crazy, man? It, it's dope to hear somebody with some sense speak on this, okay? Because I just want us to really return to the era of having respect for the people that paved the way. And I feel like there's now there's a new culture of, oh, yeah, I'm going to just say whatever. Like, oh, I'm going to say I'm better than this person just because it's me. Like, nah, pay homage, pay respect, and show the proper, yeah, show the proper respect for the people that, for lack of a better words, are the reason that you're you. Like Chris Brown said, if he wouldn't have a shred of a career without the influence that this man provided with his talent. So it's just like, how can you be better than that? How can you be more than that if that's who made you you? Coming from his own mouth, coming from Chris Brown's own mouth. So I feel like the debate should be ended right there. 
Yeah, I think so too. Chris Brown said it himself. You know, there definitely would not be him without Michael Jackson. So we got to give credit where credit is due. Um, I've seen people talk about how they're not the same thing or like Chris Brown does more than Michael Jackson. But, you know, Michael Jackson, I thought he didn't have to do that much because of how talented he was when he started. You know, he had Jackson 5. He had, you know, all that stuff, movies and dancing and all that stuff too. So it's really kind of in the same way that Chris Brown does as well. But if Chris Brown said it, I mean, yeah, like you said, it that's it. Argument over. Let's wipe our hands with it and period. That that whole debate was funny to me because I feel like what they were basing it off of was the fact that Chris Brown is involved in more, I guess, activities or more different performance disciplines, I'll say, than Michael Jackson. Like, you know, he's an artist as well as a dancer, as well as a basketball player. Like, I get the point that they were trying to make, but we're talking in the realm of music. When the comparisons come between a Chris Brown or a Michael Jackson, they're comparing them in the realm of music and performance. They're not comparing them in basketball or drawing or painting and all the other stuff. Like So so that whole, oh, yeah, Chris Brown does more stuff. He's a quadruple threat. He's a quintuple threat. Yeah, that may be true. Michael Jackson is also talented at mo- was also talented at multiple things, but when those comparison comes, we're talking about music and performing. So yeah, I, I don't think there's any comparison there. I think when people call Chris Brown this generation's Michael Jackson, maybe that's a little bit closer to the truth. Even though I think Beyonce is actually the closest thing to Michael Jackson from this generation, and then you know Chris Brown may fall somewhere in there after, but that's closer than saying oh, yeah, Chris is better than Michael Jackson. Like, that really just sounds crazy to me. Very, very crazy. (laughs) Whether you want to compare the numbers, whether you want to compare performances, whether you want to compare fan reactions to when they see these people in any category involving music, fame, stardom, like, I don't feel like Chris surpasses Michael Jackson. He's way ahead of the rest of his peers, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but surpassing Michael Jackson... Even Chris Brown just agreed that that's a little asinine. <laughs> right, exactly. And there it is. And I think that's a great note to end on today. That is going to conclude today's episode of DX Daily. As always, subscribe to this podcast on all platforms. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Hip Hop DX. And be sure to follow us on all of our socials, like our Instagram, our Twitter, and our TikTok, which is Hip Hop DX. You can also follow us. I am at Asia Sky on all social media platforms. And I'm at A-Dub on everything, too. All righty. We will see you tomorrow with more daily news. See ya.